like a chicken without their heads. And they were worrying about not making it to the other side. They come and see Jesus sleeping in the stern because he operated by that gift of faith. In a time where everybody else should be losing their minds, this guy's got perfect serenity, perfect peace, perfect calmness. The gift of faith will impart to you a supernatural joy and a supernatural peace. When everybody's looking at you, waiting for you either to fail or to have a mental breakdown, those things don't happen. They're just expecting and waiting in vain because there's a faith that's come alive in you that that has taken command over the situation um this gift of faith is will supernaturally achieve what is impossible through human efforts but it's what it's a receiving Mm -hmm. thing like i said the working of miracles you're working the miracle whereas the gift of faith you're just receiving the miracle I'll, i'll give you another distinction moses and the israelites are at the red sea He cries out to God, God, what are we to do here? The Lord says, take that rod with which I told you to do signs and wonders, and I want you to wave it over the sea. When he did that, the sea split left and right. When the That was the working of miracles. He worked that miracle. But when the Israelites went through the sea, they went by the gift of faith because they had to believe for supernatural protection that those waves weren't just going to come crashing down and collapse on them and kill the entire nation. So you see the working of miracles and the gift of faith working hand in hand. And a lot of times these gifts do operate like links on a chain. You'll, you'll see one tie into another and they all, they, there's like this convergence of these gifts and they operate together very fluidly. So number one is by divine protection. Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. They, you know, they said, our God whom we serve, he's able and he will deliver us. Even if he doesn't, that wasn't a confession of doubt. That wasn't, well, we don't know, really know if he will. He, they were just, that was actually a confession of love. They were saying, we know our God is going to do it and he's well able and he's willing to do it. But I want you to know, even if he didn't, we know he's going mm. to. That wasn't, they were double minded. They were just saying, I want you to know, Nebuchadnezzar, even if he wouldn't do it, we still wouldn't bow because our allegiance is in is with heaven our allegiance is with god and when they got cast into the burning fiery furnace the only thing that burnt off them was the ropes that bound them and the fourth man see the gift of faith attracts god doesn't attract an angel doesn't attract an archangel or even a cherubim it attracts god himself to bear on your situation and bring a supernatural change i pray as this as we speak on this gift man i feel it by divine unction that this gift would begin to operate more and more in your life supernaturally that it would provoke and invoke the powerful hand of god to change things on a practical level for you so number one divine protection and number two the gift of faith operates strongly for divine provision elijah proclaims a a drought over all of the land and then the lord speaks to him and says go by the brook of sheriff i've i've commanded ravens to provide for you there it took faith for three years or however long he was there, for him to believe God that not, you know, a nice waiter was going to bring food for him. Ravens were dropping food at his doorstep every day, morning and night, meat and bread. Come on. That took the gift of faith. And the gift of faith can come on you for a season until there's the fulfillment of the promise. So, so good. the gift of faith, like it's not just always on you, but there could be a time where from the moment God drops this gift in you and to the, the fulfillment of the promise, there could, you know, however time, however much time can eclipse between the two points. But that gift can actually sustain you through that time to believe God for supernatural protection, supernatural provision, 
and uh, an intervention on God's behalf. So good. And I would say, too, if you want to know, like, have I ever had the gift of faith? If you can look back on a situation and think, how did I believe God for that? And God came through or it happened. That's usually the gift of faith. Or sometimes I'll be in the middle of a situation. I'm like, I cannot believe I I'm believing for this. Like it's so outside the realm of natural. That's the gift of faith. It's God's faith coming on you. It's a supernatural empowerment. Okay. I'll take the next one. And then I'm going to give you the last one, which is working of miracles. So the next one, which is the eighth gift we're talking about tonight is the gift of healings. Now I want to, I want to just say the difference between the gift of healings. It's not healing. It's, it's plural healings is difference yeah. from miracles because healing speaks to the natural body. And this could usually be when it comes to healings is something gradual. So this is injury, this is disease, but it usually always relates to the body. Like if you have someone that doesn't have a body part, like I have an aunt who had no eardrum, like born with no eardrum. Now she has an eardrum. That wasn't a healing. That was actually a creative miracle. A healing is a process. So whether you're being healed emotionally, whether you're being healed in your body, if you look at the lepers, Jesus said, go to the temple. And the Bible says they weren't instantly healed as they went they were healed. So as they walked out their word, there was a process of healing. I've had people in our meetings. We prayed for healing over them. Nothing happened. They say in the middle of the night, I woke up and I was better. Or I woke up this morning. I was better. That was a healing that was taking place. So healing speaks of restoring miracles speak of instant. And then also I've seen people with the gift of healing for certain areas. So it's like every person they pray for, whether it's the back, whether it's the ear, the eye, for some reason, I've seen certain people with certain gifts of healings for certain body parts. Um, if you look at the man in Luke five, he was lowered to Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus was teaching and the power was present to heal. So sometimes there are moments or gatherings where the power of God is present to heal people in a special way. And we need to step into that. But I want you to think of healings as physical body, physical body. Also, of course, it could be emotional, mental, but it has to do with the person and the body more than just other things. So healings is physical, supernatural healings. And then let's talk about, go ahead. We'll close it out TJ with working of miracles, the gift of miracles. Yeah. So the working of miracles is what it says. It's a working of miracles. It is not the waiting for miracles. Come on. A lot of people are folding their hands, waiting for God to do something. But as I said before, Moses gets to the Red Sea and he's complaining to God saying, Lord, what are we to do now? And the Lord said, why are you crying out to me? You can go read it in Exodus. Why are you crying out to me? I already gave you that rod by which you can do signs and wonders. Use it now. So a lot of people are crying out to God to do something about the situation. But remember, God is a covenant God. Everything in this book is based on covenant. Covenant isn't uh, sit back and relax, wait on God, he'll do everything. You know, even the word wait on God in the Bible isn't a passive waiting. It's not you sitting with your arms folded, waiting for something to happen. That word wait on God, Isaiah uh, 43, I believe it is, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It actually has more to do with you waiting on God like a servant at a restaurant, like a waiter wow. at a restaurant, where you're actively doing something. You're serving God's purposes and God's kingdom. And as such, he'll renew your strength. When Moses waved his rod over the sea, then it split. Jesus told the men in John chapter 2, the very first miracle he did. He told the people, fill the water pots with water. 
They didn't need water. They needed wine. But they mm-hmm. obeyed God's instruction. And in so doing, it provoked their own miracle. It, it brought their own miracle. It changed the water into wine. Jesus actually didn't do anything. They worked their own miracle. He just gave them an instruction. So this book called the Bible is actually comprised of two covenants, old covenant and new covenant. And a covenant is a contract between two or more parties that has well-defined terms that when one party fulfills the obligations on their end, when they agree to the terms and conditions, then the other party says, well, then I'll now install my blessing. When you download something on your computer, you have to agree to the terms and conditions. Until you do that, that little install button stays like gray. But when you click it, it then goes blue and you can install the software. God will not install his power in your life until you have fulfilled the terms and conditions of the covenant. If you just expect the water to turn to wine and you haven't even filled the water pots with water, you're never going to see a miracle happen. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are going to the, the gate. Uh, to the hour of prayer. They pass by the gate called beautiful. A man is there who's been lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. What did he say? Well, let's just keep him in prayer. Father, we just pray that you'd keep him in peace. And we know that there's worse things to lose than his legs and mobility and better things to gain. We just pray that he receives Christ one day. He didn't do that. They went and saw him there and said, silver and gold have we not, but such as we do have. You know what that means? Oh, hallelujah. I feel this. Come on. You have to acknowledge that there's miracle working power on the inside of you. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who's able to do far more abundantly all that you can ask or think or imagine. How? According to the power that is at work, not in heaven, that power is at work in me. You'll never operate in these gifts of the Spirit until you come to the realization that Christianity is not you subscribing to a list of do's and do's do nots. Christianity, John G. Lake said it perfectly, Christianity is the life force of God working and flowing through human ordinary vessels, empowering them to do extraordinary things. So when you understand, I might not have money to help that person, but such as I do have, you have to realize I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost dwells in me. It's not some lesser spirit. It's the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that lives and abides in me. Paul told the Corinthians, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You might look at yourself in the mirror after you got saved and you might look the same as before you got saved. But on the inside, if you would see not what you carry, who you carry, that you are the, the, the residential address of the Holy Spirit on planet earth. You aren't going to walk around like a beggar on this earth feeling like you're helpless and hopeless. You're going to, your face, your countenance is going to change because to be someone who looks like they can help people around them. I'm sorry, but I'm re- I refuse to be a a, a a a prayer project for people. I refuse to always be keeping people in prayer. We'll keep you in prayer. We'll keep you in prayer. God didn't call you to just keep people in prayer. He said, you go out now and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You go and work the miracles that I've called you to work. As you do that, yeah, that's when you start seeing this, the miraculous take place. I'm reminded of a testimony. There was a man of God preaching at a crusade. And uh, the guy in the first row had his neck sunk into his like shoulder. He was missing two or three vertebrae. And the man of God heard from the Lord to go in and grab the guy and lift his head up. 
Now, in a natural, that sounds crazy because you're going to get a lawsuit if this doesn't work. But faith is it. All these gifts are faith activated. Faith, like you said, I love what you said before. Faith is the switch that turns these gifts on and Mm. off. So he went, stepped out in faith. He didn't feel anointed. If you're waiting for yourself to feel anointed before you start to step out, you're never going to do anything for God. I'm not waiting till I feel anointed. I is anointed. Whether I look anointed or not, whether I feel anointed or not, you think some Sunday mornings when I go and preach at churches and the service is at 8 a.m. that I wake up feeling like I'm I'm Samson. I can run and, you know, just by the hand of the Lord, run through a troop and leap over a wall. Absolutely not. But you know what I do? I look at myself in the mirror and I say, God lives in that man. Where that man goes, God goes. What I say, I'm doing by the power. It's not by might. It's not by strength. It's by the spirit of the living God. I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. So he grabbed the guy's neck and he lifted up. When he did, he felt two vertebrae grow behind his neck. And him as a faith preacher said, I I was wowed. And I stepped back and I said, whoa. And he, he couldn't believe what just happened. That guy's neck, the wife gasped in the audience who was standing right next to him. And she said, the reason why I gasped was because the doctors, they had set his neck in such a way that if there was even a moderate movement beyond what they had said it, the guy risked dying on the spot. Wow. So when he grabbed the guy's neck and it, it grew back and the vertebrae grew back and he felt it. It it changed everything. Now, the crazy thing about this, and this is the real purpose for all the gifts. There was a little uh, lady, a little girl. She was like seven years old, sitting in the second row. And just like any child, when you see like, you know, you see a guy with like a massive mole on their head or whatever, a growth on their neck or anything, at six, seven years old, you're not polite enough not to stare. So for the entire sermon, she was like staring at this guy because his neck was like sunken in. When she saw that happen, she was weeping. So the man of God said, little girl, do you want to feel what a miracle feels like? She had been invited. She had never been to church before. Uh, They they were from another faith. She comes up and uh, he grabs her hand and puts it on the guy's neck. The moment that she touched the guy's neck, she fell under the power of God and began to speak with other tongues. Her father, who had brought the little girl... To the meeting, who was from another faith, when he saw that, he freaked out because the kid just fell. So he reached to grab her. Well, the moment, (laughs) the way you stop electricity and live wire is not by putting your hand on live wire. He grabbed the, the kid who was electrified by the spirit. The moment he did that, the same electricity ran through him. He started to shake under the spirit and he spoke in other tongues. People say, well, how can that happen theologically? Well, I don't know. Somewhere between them seeing the miracle, Jesus came into their heart. They received the baptism in the Holy Ghost and all at once. And that miracle, that one miracle, that guy's head coming, brought that fam, those two to the Lord. And then the next night and the next few nights, they filled up three to four or five rows of people from the family that he had brought and like coerced, literally like chloroform and duct tape, some of them coerced to come to church to hear this because he didn't have an exposure to a message. You know, you can argue a man's argument, but you can't argue an experience like that. You can debate somebody's theory and somebody's theology, but once you start seeing these mighty works that... uh, 
at work, it's impossible to leave that place scratching your head and saying, well, I don't know if I believe that. No, these this beginning of signs did Jesus at Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory unto his disciples. So good. That's the purpose of these gifts. It's TJ, to bring people. It's to show people that's that our God is not an idol. He is the maker of heaven and earth. TJ, he pray, is the pray one us out. Who, this is, you're on a roll, bro. Don't, don't even turn it back to me. Just pray it. Pray that God would activate, release these gifts. People are in the chat like, please pray for me. Please pray for me. So let's just pray, pray us out that God would empower us, release these gifts. Those of you that are hungry, including myself, I just want you to put your hands out, put your hands up and ask the Lord. Just receive the Holy Spirit tonight. Many of you are going to get baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I desire the gifts. I want to use the gifts. And we're just going to pray the Holy Spirit, pour out his gifts, pour out boldness and just release you into this. Go for it, TJ. You're on fire, Absolutely. bro. Absolutely. Well, first of all, you need to have a posture to receive tonight. You have to say to yourself right now, Lord, I'm hungry for yes. this. I'm through with just living a, a regular mundane Christian life. I'm through with just making it a country club. Some Sunday networking uh, session that I have just to go and see my friends. I want to be used by God. I want to make an indelible mark on my generation. I want to be a a minister of your resurrection power here on the earth. Because that's what these gifts are. It's God's resurrection life flowing through you. I I don't want to just tell people, you know, everything's going to be all right. I want to be used by God to connect them to your power, to God's power, so that they're never the same again. And God will use you if you have a heart to say, Lord, use me. Lord, I, 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 I'm hungry for these spiritual gifts. I, I desire to see the operation of the working of miracles, the gifts of healing. Because I don't want to just, the gospel is not a, an oral presentation. The gospel is a show and tell. We're not just Come to on. tell the people Jesus is alive. These gifts allow us to show the people Our God is the only God. He is the living one who was dead. But behold, he lives and lives forevermore. And the proof of that, Jesus said, if you don't believe me, at least believe the works that you see me do. If Jesus had to say that as the anointed Christ, the son of God, we'd be foolish to say we can we can just do programs or our knitting program. That's going to bring in more people than anything. You'd be foolish to think flashing lights. Reinhard Bonnke used to say, the less of the power of God you have in manifestation, the more cake and coffee you're going to have to sell. I, I don't want to run the budget on cake and coffee. You find out if you drop people in with carnal measures, you'll have to keep them with carnal mm. ways. But if you drop people in by the Spirit, man... it'll be impossible for the devil to take him back into his camp. So I want you wherever you're at, just lift your hands and I'm going to pray for you that there would be a deposit of hunger and zeal for these spiritual gifts to begin to operate in your life. And I will add one more thing. If you want to operate in a gift, a good thing to do is not only to study the gifts and operation under the old covenant and the new covenant, but find people on the earth that operate in these gifts and sit under their ministry. To operate under a gift, you need to sit under a gift. I locate people that operate in the word of knowledge. I watch them. I watch how they do it. I watch, you know, I, I just watch how, how they look. Oral Roberts watching him minister the gifts of healing to people and how he did it and, and how he explained how it came on him. You start to locate their secrets and you start to discover that um, God's actually been speaking to you a long time to do the same things and you didn't know you didn't you hadn't activated that because you didn't know let me pray father in the name of Jesus first and foremost I pray for anyone that's here watching online right now and those on the replay that need a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost 
that maybe have grown weary and, and, and lukewarm and maybe this is the first broadcast they've been on in a long time and they've let the fire go out. I ask you, Father, your word in Leviticus was let the fire never go out, that the priest should never let the fire go out. I ask you by your grace and mercy, let a fresh fire come alive in them, in their spirits, kindle the coals of fire in their very core, in their being. Lord, rekindle that first love, rekindle that first hunger. Lord, that hunger that wanted them to, that, that drove them to see souls saved, that drove them to be bold in the face of opposition, that they didn't care what other people said about them. They were bold to speak on your behalf. I pray first and foremost, let that first love be rekindled. And secondly, as it does, as they step out in faith from tonight, I ask you, Lord, whatever gift is necessary for whatever problem they're facing or whatever person that they might come in contact with that has a specific problem or a dilemma, Lord, that those gifts, as they've learned about it tonight and seen their function, that they would be reminded we're not to do religion or we're not to operate by our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and that these gifts would kickstart in their lives. To do things supernaturally in others. I ask you, Father, let them be vessels of honorable use in Jesus' mighty name. We know it's not by might or by strength, but by your spirit. Lord, let the gift of faith would come on people tonight that are believing for, for something supernatural. People that might be backed up in a, in a corner, not knowing the way out. Father, I ask you for that marvelous gift of faith to come on them. To do like Paul did in Acts 27, to rise up and say, I know that it shall be exactly as I've been told. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, raise up people like you said you would in Acts chapter 2, that in the last days, that sons and daughters would prophesy. I ask you, Father, raise up people that will prophesy under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to change the, the, the courses of people's destinies around them, to be anointed encouragers in the land. In Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, God is moving. I feel the power of God. I hope you guys were challenged tonight. We've been live for 